1: Members of happy hour, get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this happy hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do
0: every month for our happy hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you
1: are like us
0: and you like hanging
1: out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today's episode is actually the second part of a two-part episode, all about how to visualize a unit when you go about the unit and lesson planning process in a way that is meaningful and cohesive and all of the things that you want it to be, and it is not as hard as it sounds. If you missed part A, head over to bravenewteaching.com and you can listen to the first part there and then jump back into this episode to listen to the last tips that we have for you. We really do just break down our own unit visualizing and therefore planning process. Um, It's very, very similar, but we also talk about how each of us does it differently in our own classrooms. And actually, while you're at BraveNewTeaching.com, head To the little tab that says unit makeover so that you can join a free challenge that we are starting very, very soon. This is a 10 day challenge to just give a refresh, a little lift, a makeover to a unit that you have in your repertoire that you are planning to use in your classroom this next year, or even to start planning a brand new unit. It's a great way to get things going and really get those creative juices flowing and do so in a way that is cohesive and everything connects to each other and it makes sense and it teaches the things that you want to teach. So if you missed that, that is bravenewteaching.com slash unit makeover. Without any further ado, let's get into to visualize a unit part B. I'm definitely the person, I mean, I think we've all done this because it's a very like traditional model of teaching, well, I'm going to do this novel unit. I'm going to do this short story unit. So these are the short stories I'm going to teach and through those short, short stories we're going to learn how to, you know, do theme or like whatever. And at the end we're going to write a paper, right? Like it's very formulaic. And what we're saying is formulaic as, as well, but we're we're talking about something that is a mindset and a focus shift away from text first to question or theme or skill-based first, right? So like for me, it's kind of interchangeable. So when we're talking about where to start, like Amanda was just saying, start with skills and standards or like what the actual tangible outcome, what kids are learning objectives, like more edubabble jargon for you. Then go to the overarching goal or essential question or theme um, and then get into texts. I would say those first two are interchangeable depending on like where my head's at. Sometimes I start with a theme and then I go, okay, and these are also some like, Like, here's a theme. I do need to get a question out of it because that that will lead us to something. And while I'm trying to figure out what my question is going to be based on this theme, I can actually tell you guys like tangible ideas here. So I am in the middle right now of planning a mini unit on Pride and Prejudice, which is why it was in the forefront of my mind. So I knew that I wanted to have students have some experience with uh, a little bit meteor of language, right? So something Austin esque. I had not decided yet on Pride and Prejudice. I started with, you know, what's really important to students in senior year because it's for my seniors' relationships, how where they are in relationships, mm-hmm. in romantic yes. relationships, in their family. A lot of my Huge. students who are who are in my senior class are going to be leaving their home. Like that's a big deal. Um, their friends, their entire like landscape of relationships is about to change drastically in a matter of months. And so I was just thinking about what are the things that are important to kids? Relationships are. Okay, well, guess what, as their teacher, I also need them to have this set of skills, like, especially the thing that I'm noticing in my seniors is they need to be able to connect text to life and and find those connections there and therefore be able to learn some lessons. And so I was like, okay, and relationships is a real tangible way to do it. Hmm, what text could I put into place? Like, I didn't have the text in mind yet. I just had like a genre. And then I had, I knew that relationships and I'm still working on an essential question. So I'm going to need your help, Amanda, on that one when we stop recording today. Um, (laughs) We're going to need to do a little, little help Marie out. Um, And then I knew, like, I know some of the tangible skills, both from my common core standards, but also just from like seeing what they need. And then I went, you know, what's a great text to teach that and to touch on different types of relationships. Pride and Prejudice. And it brings something that is so antiquated, like Jane Austen, into the real world, and it relates it to our students' lives and helps them make those connections. And so that's like really what I'm going for on a little like one and a half, two-week mini unit. So I I do things in a little bit different order depending on where I'm at. Um, Or sometimes like if you're working on on a team and like everybody has to teach Mockingbird, well, like you were saying, Amanda, then it's going to come in a different order. Okay, you've got this text. Well, now let's look at big ideas and skills and that sort of thing. Absolutely. And then circle back to the text, right? Yeah. So...
0: Which is which is so and I love that example. And I think you're so completely correct. They're all interchangeable, depending on where you are with your team, your school and what's expected of you. I think the big takeaway from this section of our conversation should be, though, that our units are more than the texts, because what we're moving into next now, and and I promise to give more tangible examples to later, is is about we're going to build a unit now we need an ending point. And that ending point is going to be some kind of final assessment, some kind of demonstration of learning. And I think that traditionally, like we were saying before, the unit starts with a, a, a historical background of the novel. Then the unit is the novel. And then the assessment is a paper. And although Or an was exam, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, a multiple choice test. Okay. Um, you know, and it, at no point did you work on writing in the unit yet. We're going to use that to assess how much of the reading slash the conversations that you led during school, the kids listened to. Right. So we, we want to figure out, okay, okay, what is the final assessment going to be? This is so we're, we started with number one, selecting our medium. Number two, we gave you guys where to start. And now we're at number three, which is where to end. And so knowing the ending point, whether it's a debate, a speech, a project, maybe it is a paper, maybe it's something um, that is exam and that's cool. Um, but we need to know what it is so that when we start to fill in all of these weeks of the units, we know what we're heading toward. Um, and I think that the biggest danger we can fall into is letting our units become exclusively dependent on students reading whatever you've assigned them that's the big piece whether it's Pride and Prejudice whether it's Catcher in the Rye whatever it is that you're handing them if you are depending your entire nine weeks on everyone going home like little angelic well-behaved children just absolutely they can't wait to just curl up in their bed and read 75 <laughs> pages. Please don't kid yourself. They're not going to do it. You're lucky if they start to do spark notes. Like that's awesome.
1: Well, <laughs> and awesome. and I mean what <laughs> at 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 the at risk of sounding cynical, it's like let's just be realistic here. If yes. the only like what you're saying, Amanda, if the only thing that we're expecting students to learn is about this novel, so you're saying if they don't read the novel, they're not going to learn for that section of your course, right? That's, once again, it's a mindset shift. Like, absolutely, this text is going to be the vehicle for learning, but it can't be the only
0: learning. Absolutely. And that's on us, you guys.
1: Yeah, That's on us.
0: We cannot keep pointing fingers at someone else. Like, we need to make sure that the assessment is something that can tangibly be done by every single student based on what we've taught them in class. So, what I'm hoping we arrive at for a final assessment is something that includes the text. Absolutely. That we looked at. But the skills are demonstrated through a lot of other things that were learned during the unit as well.
1: No, it's a transfer of knowledge. So yeah, you're totally going to use whatever the novel or and other supplementary texts are in order to show demonstration of learning by transferring your knowledge to show, show us what you've learned. I, I'm saying the same words to define themselves, but I feel like you guys get me.
0: <laughs> we're all teachers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Those, those are just a couple examples. What are some of your favorite Ending points, Marie. What have you used that you love? You know what? I have started to get behind, and I
1: used to shy away from it all the time is a big paper, but it's a, um, it's like a blended, like unit. Synthesis. Papers. Synthesis. Oh my gosh, that's the word. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, that's oh. my
0: favorite.
1: I love taking whatever big ideas. I love answering the essential question. I mean, that's really... The assessment is an answer to the essential question. So whether it's... Oh, my God, I love you. (laughs) I love you, too.
0: Oh, my God. i like the... Wallop! I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Oh God! (laughs) Guys, we are we are so see this is why you should follow our advice because we're veteran teachers who are still happy uh-huh and Woo-hoo. we can make fun of ourselves or it's i guess fun. no i'm making fun of you actually and that's all okay right. i oh. can take it because you know all right well it's gonna be great if you guys are listening, back. go like this post i'm I'm actually designing it right now pack head over a to
1: brave new teaching on instagram and pack a wall up for yourself okay so okay
0: Bringing us back. Back on track. Okay, we started with select your medium for
1: visualizing. Then where to start, which obviously is followed by where to end. Now let's talk about where to go in between. And we call that building a path between the beginning and the end.
0: Marie, you said it like obviously where we start is where we start and where we end is next. I don't think most people that I've talked with know that we should start with where we start and then plan the end right away. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a, a team where everyone's planning week by week by week rather than having our first meeting be about our final assessment. Um, my friends, if you are a team leader or if you're on a team that's not starting with the end in mind, this is a Stephen Covey principle, by the way. This is one of the sab- seven habits of highly effective people. Well, look at you need to begin with the end in mind. It's called backward design, understanding by design. There's a whole lot of research about mm-hmm. it. You need to start with the end. Okay. So we started with our skills standards, question and text. We then decided on our final assessment. So like Marie said, we're going to build that path backwards, forwards, all the way around. All of our roads now have connection points. And so I love this part of the process. This is like the fun, shiny object part. Um, So I can give you guys my tangible example. Right now, we're working through a really cool lit circles unit. And this is the unit where I always get the question, what do you do if the kids don't read? And my really sassy answer is I don't care. I mean, I do, I love my kill my kids and I want them to read. Yeah. Um, but my week is only, so we've got like Mondays are our late start days. So Mondays I usually preserve for a reading day. So I do give them a reading. There's a task attached, but they do get a little bit of time to read Tuesdays. They're in their book clubs talking about their books, but then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're working on the final project. We're working on supplementary assessment or assignments and texts. Uh, We are looking currently, so our question that we are tackling is, how do uh, trauma, tragedy, and adversity build resilience? So it's a cool question. Uh, It kind of came out of, I was in that situation you just mentioned earlier, Marie. My, My department said, we have these books for Lit Circles go right ahead and I was like well these books are not connected to each other at all <laughs> so I figured out like okay well it looks like about six of them have something terrible happen in them so let's go <laughs> so I kind of built the question from there and then I was able to move into my skills so like in that case our skills was last um, but still important and still there and so we're working on uh, the first week uh, we're going to look at a TED talk from Leslie Morgan Steiner about being a domestic, a domestic violence survivor we're going to look at a net Netflix documentary about um, some a family that basically had to start over in Cambodia. So we're going to get like a global perspective in one of these weeks. We're going to look at Pursuit of Happiness, old school with Will Smith, which oh, yeah. my kids have never seen. Such a great, Chris Garner is the, the man's name. We're going to look at his story. Um, we're actually going to look at superheroes and origin stories because so many superheroes have an origin story that's founded in some kind of trauma or tragedy. And then we also plan to look at sports and sports icons and how they, you know, so I didn't really want it to be like a heavy trauma unit because no one's going to make it through. That's really sensitive. So we're trying to keep it nice and balanced and fun. So at the end, truthfully, if my kids didn't read a word of their book, which is not happening by the way, they really like them, but if they read nothing, They've learned about domestic violence, superhero origin stories, uh-huh. yada yada, 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 yada. They've gone through that whole list of things that I have brought to the table and made sure that they had read, experienced, and discussed.
1: Because those are the things that you're delivering in class.
0: Absolutely. Cool. Like
1: okay. the conversations they're having about their texts or their novels, their their choice novels that they're reading at home is okay, sure. Maybe, you know. Susie and Johnny are gonna BS their way through that well oh okay but at least they're gleaning some sort of content from that book um it's I feel like your classroom is like mine where you you gotta try really hard not to succeed like you have to try really hard to learn nothing um because there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of like we want and high interest stuff too um and then they're learning about really hard-hitting topics that are extremely important at any point in life, but especially for like, you have 11th graders, I have 10th and 12th yep. graders, like older kids. This is stuff that is not just appropriate for them to learn about, but essential. They're about to be legal adults. Like, yeah, it is time. Um, no, I do a lot of the same sort of a thing. Um, I like to start with like a big... Theme and create a question out of that, and then below that question have subtopics, and then I have one or two subtopics that I will tackle per week, and then that's a way for me to really visualize and see—not even visual, but like compartmentalize how and where to put um, supplemental texts. Like I like to do maximum two texts outside of whatever our like main novel is. But in my classroom, if you heard a couple episodes ago that's a different thing kids are choosing their novels and like i have like 14 novels going at at the same time which is bananas but it's not as hard as it sounds i swear but like listen back if you don't know what i'm talking about um but whatever like their main text is that kids are reading might be all different ones like your lit circles unit that you're talking about um but we are getting ted talks and articles and poems and um and, and different texts that like link to a subtopic within my big essential question or theme. Yeah, I, I need a little bit of like, I have to guide myself. So I have to do things incrementally, right? So like that where to start, that big essential question, and then where to end, how we're going to answer the question. Okay, now let me build in the tools that students are going to need and the language that students are going to need in order to mm-hmm. develop an understanding and therefore be able to like explain their understanding and actually answer the question if I just answer them ask them the question at the end of reading a book and talking about a book I'm gonna have you know a handful of kids who are really bright and just like globbed onto it and got it and I'm gonna have 95% of my kids who are equally as bright but just like aren't making those connections on their own so they need a little bit more of like a tool belt to like help them through
0: I, I love that. And I think the way listening to you talk actually makes me think that we should probably have a total of like five listeners because this is the nerdiest conversation I think I've been a part of in a long <laughs> time. It's so niche, like, I, but you guys get it. Like, and I think one of the thi- the scariest parts of being a new teacher, especially is you don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Imagine yourself teaching this unit and imagine like the freedom of knowing how it's ending and knowing where you're starting and and all of a sudden that makes the middle fun rather than something that you're going to dread. And I, for a long time, dreaded, like, even just the middle of the week. <laughs> oh, for like, sure. Oh, I had a really good idea for Monday and Tuesday, but now it's Wednesday, and, and I don't I, even know. What's I'm super tired.
1: Yeah, well, and this it gives it's that freedom, but it also gives you purpose. So even God. if you have a day that you're sick because you're going to get sick and you should take your sick days because no one needs your germs in the classroom, um, like you can take a sick day and know that you're still going to be on track or like maybe you got to cut a couple supplemental texts out at least you know that everything you are putting in this little build the path section between the beginning and the end all roads lead to Rome like there have to be those yes. like you said before Amanda those connection points so that you run out of you know you have a snow day or if you're in California you have fire evacuations like I've had many times in my life and teaching career, and stuff gets a little bit awry, that whole entire unit isn't necessarily going to be a wash if life happens. And when life happens, you'll still be able to have your kiddos prepared to um, demonstrate their learning of some skills and standards by answering an essential question. Because everything that you put in the middle in the path between the two leads to the end in some way. It's somehow a building block.
0: Guys, I'm imagining the kind of freedom that you're going to feel, like this Harrison Bergeron moment. Have you guys read Harrison Bergeron? You need to if you haven't. But at one point, Harrison just steps on the stage, and he bursts out of all of his handcuffs and his chains, and he starts floating and dancing with a ballerina, and it's just beautiful Kurt Vonnegut is like my soulmate I think other than you obviously Marie obviously. so yeah this is the kind of freedom you could have you guys I think we need to start kind of wrapping things up I think that this episode probably made you ask more questions <laughs> than answered questions so please let us know either on our Instagram we are at brave new teaching what those questions are so we can either answer you there or uh, we can create a whole nother episode should your question merit that and we are just thrilled to continue this journey with you. And next week, we are going to be looking at poetry, which is one of those great supplemental ideas, uh, things that can go in that path that's right between the beginning and the end of your unit. So stick with us for poetry coming up soon. Yes,
1: absolutely. And we like to end up our episodes, close out our episodes with a little, you know, inspiration, maybe just something fun to think about. Uh, Not that we haven't given you a lot to think about already. Remember, backtracking here this is all just about visualizing a unit like we will totally be recording more episodes in the future even further into the minutiae if that is something that you all our audience ask for and that you want so please make sure to leave those questions and those comments um, so that we can respond in that way but I have a question for you Amanda mm. what are you obsessed with right now
0: okay so this is gonna probably sound a little cheesy but I'm ready for this question I am currently obsessed with laptop stickers yeah you are yeah, just a little bit. Um, I all of a sudden realized how fun they could all be. And there were so many. Um, I am. (laughs) My laptop is covered. So now I need to buy more water bottles, I guess. Um, I made laptop stickers for my kids as like presents at the end of the semester. And it was so awesome. They were like, you did this for us? That's so cute. And I was cute. like, yeah, I did. Oh, it was so fun. It was really easy, guys. I just designed my little logo thing on PowerPoint. I clicked save as an image, and I uploaded them somewhere. I think it was stickers or something. And I, I got a roll, and then I gave out stickers for little holiday treats. I love that. Yeah. Kinda... It said, oh hey, oh, hey there, Old Sport was the one that I made. Oh, my gosh, I, I love it. that. Yeah. It was pretty nerdy and then i was like oh my kids are all nerds now too i'm so proud oh that's the best thing that you can do as an english teacher is just make them nerd out about literature yeah so yeah. basically it really doesn't matter now if anybody read because they have a yeah. laptop sticker and and they have at least you know like a good quote that they could use to make people think
1: that they read it
0: that's what life is, is you're equi-
1: you're equipping them with good like cocktail party jargon
0: it's perfect. That's all I can do is prepare my children for their next cocktail party. Yeah,
1: obviously. With all the cocktail parties that we go to, that's really what we're well, preparing the, the children of tomorrow for.
0: <laughs> I think that's my next Instagram quote post is prepare your children for their next cocktail party. For their next cocktail party. Okay. <laughs> Marie, what are you obsessed with right okay, now? Okay. I am so obsessed
1: with a book that I haven't even started reading yet, but I bought it because I needed it. Uh, so have you read the book One of Us is Lying by Karen and McManus?
0: i've meant to but no i haven't i know Amanda, exactly what you're talking we about. have to stop
1: recording now so you can go read this book okay okay so bye. i mean it's just it's just great like it's just it's totally ya you'll read through it in a day if that um but it's a murder mystery and it is fun and it's one of those like it's very much on trend with the uh narrator is coming from multiple perspectives right so it's all first person yeah. point of view but it's from four different narrators um and so I love it. It is one of the options in one of my um like blended choice novel units at the sophomore level where we're talking all about like what is human nature and it's phenomenal because kids actually read it and we like to have really higher level conversations about this like kind of silly but really addicting novel. So the – um actual sequel one of us is next is out it came out a couple of weeks ago our librarian sent me a screenshot or like a picture of like the three copies that she got because she knew that the students who have had me over the last couple of years are going to be obsessed with it they've all checked it out and there's like a waiting list for it i saw it at target for that 20 percent off of hardback books bought it and have been carrying it around with me for no fewer than five days it is in my purse right now it's not like a light book haven't opened it yet <laughs> but i have it and it
0: makes me feel good you know that is obsession that you answered my question so well
1: no i'm 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 really into it haven't started reading it but i'm really into it (laughs) that is not weird ladies and
0: gentlemen marie morris everyone wallop (laughs) (laughs) all right guys i hope that you check out our show notes today and give us a rating uh on itunes it would be super to hear what you guys are thinking about the show so far
1: And we would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Brave New Teaching. And don't forget, if you're ready to get started on this work, we have a 10-day free challenge coming your way very soon. Just head to bravenewteaching.com slash unit makeover to sign up and get all the information. We'll see you next time.